In Dallas, Texas, three shots were fired at President Kennedy's motorcade. That's what we were told. Most Americans never believed Lee Oswald was the lone gunman, for excellent reasons. In fact, there were at least six shooters who fired from eight to ten shots or more who are identified here. We have, finally, the solution to the greatest murder mystery in history, laid out for the world to see proof after proof after proof. Photos were faked, the body was changed, x-rays were altered, the home movies were fixed. Fifteen experts contribute to a 529-page book with 1,037 photos and diagrams in black and white and color. Hi, this is Gary King. If you'd like JFK, who, how, and why, and would like to support the new JFK show, then go to PatriotRadioBooks.com. That's PatriotRadioBooks.com. Uh, this is uh, Jim Fetzer on The Real Deal, where it's my great pleasure to have the opportunity to converse with Robert David Steele, who's become quite celebrated for his research regarding current affairs, political developments with his vast background in intelligence in the Marine Corps, the CIA, and other venues. He's been a promoter of open-sourced intelligence, making everything available to the public, uh, where the truth at any cost lowers the cost of everything else. Robert, it's a pleasure to have you here, especially in the wake of Donald Trump's uh, uh, State of the Union address and the uh, imminent release of the FISA memorandum, which I believe is going to expose profound corruption at the highest levels of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Well, Dr. James Fetzer, it's a pleasure to be with you. I've, I've got three graduate degrees, but I don't have a PhD. <laughs> well, you're, you're doing pretty well by every measure I could apply, my friend. You're doing excellent work and getting around and about everywhere, you're making quite an impact, in my opinion. Well, I'm not sure about the impact, but I'm I'm hoping that with or without Donald Trump, we're going to create a post-Google Internet that will basically give 200 million American citizens a chance to bypass Facebook, Twitter, Google, YouTube, and Meetup, by the way, which is controlled by the Anti-Defamation League, the Zionist secret police. So I, I have I, I believe that God bless Donald Trump, he's opened the door for us to make some significant improvements on every aspect of America. Well, I think the point you're making about a, a Google free internet are extremely important. I mean, Google recently hired what twenty thousand new sensors. They're using uh, AI or routines to go through and take down YouTube videos that present inconvenient truths. Many are having to move to BitChute or Steam it to preserve their... I've had videos that I have done with others about important subjects like uh, uh, 9-11, JFK, Las Vegas, Sandy Hook, taken down, Robert. So this is all completely outrageous and far removed from what the United States is supposed to represent. Well, I, I agree. And I think where we really... We, we started to go wrong in the 1920s when the Rockefellers and the Carnegies took over public education and public transportation and public banking. Uh, And then in World War II, we made a serious mistake against the wishes of Harry Truman. Alan Dulles and Wall Street basically rescued the Nazis and imported the Nazis, their wealth, their scientists, and some of their politicians and business people into the United States. And CIA and the National Aeronautics and Space Administration became havens 
for Nazi elites within the United States at the same time that Adolf Hitler and others moved to Argentina. Uh, so people need to understand the United States has been a fake democracy for the last 50 to 60 years. And what's happening now with the Internet, which Dick Cheney is on record as saying his greatest mistake was letting the little people have the Internet. What's happening now is that America is finding its voice. And with people like you and Kevin Barrett and many other truth tellers, Richard Gage from the 9-11 Commission, what I'm seeing happening, and Pizzagate, is truthers are converging. And there is this great awakening that is happening. And now everybody is starting to understand what I've been saying for some time, which is hashtag Google Gestapo is the Ashkenazi Jew Zionist secret police deep state vehicle for controlling what everybody sees and reads and thinks. And we, the people, are now starting to realize, I'm on my way to Tokyo, a fully funded trip uh, by some Bitcoin millionaires who, who agree that we need to build the post-Google Internet. Uh, and I'm very excited by this because it's actually much easier to do than people realize. Once you make the break away from centralized data processing, and you go to distributed processing like the SETI project has been using distributed PCs all over the world, it ends up not being a financial challenge. It's an imagination challenge. Fantastic. I endorse all of that. That's fabulous. And just what the situation requires. I'd like your distilled assessment of the significance of the FISA memorandum, which the Democrats want to suppress, but which the people deserve to know. Could you give us a commentary? Barack Obama is absolutely impeachable in retrospect for the FISA memo. It represents, and Bill Binney, by the way, is a friend of mine, and Bill has pointed out that it's explicitly provided for in New York law that classification may not be used to conceal a crime. So the FISA memo must be declassified, all of the FISA memos, not just the one that we're talking about. All of the FISA memos must be declassified if they reveal uh, criminal activity at the highest levels of the Democratic Department of of Justice and the Democratic-controlled Federal Bureau of Investigation. The other key aspect of this FISA memo is that Robert Mueller, who was the cover-upper for Dick Cheney on 9-11, is that the Robert Mueller investigation is totally dead because it's fruit of the poison tree. Yes, yes, yes. In other words, it was improper on its face because it wasn't a well-defined crime for Rod Rosentine to assign the special counsel to investigate. And, of course, such as they had was based upon the fabricated dossier, the Steele dossier. We're now getting reports of there having been a second fabricated dossier Uh, But the whole thing was a sham from the beginning, having been turned down by the FISA court with an original request in 2016. They knew they had to have something more solid. They went about fabricating the dossier so they could return and get FISA approval to go forward with spying on the Trump organization. Let me give you three data points. Number one, Christopher Steele is no direct relationship of mine, although he worked for MI6, allegedly. I've worked for CIA. And I go back to the 17th century in England. There's no relationship between me and Christopher Steele. I've been astonished at the number of morons on YouTube that think that somehow I'm Christopher Steele. That's not the case. 
Um, number two, if you look at the names, Rosenstein and all these others, what you have is a Zionist, dual citizen, treasonous cabal that is embedded within the FBI and uh, the Department of Justice that has essentially been playing a front role for the deep state, including the DNC. And people have to remember that Debbie Wasserman Schultz and Chuck Schumer work for the Mossad. Debbie Wasserman Schultz was running the Awan brothers spying on Congress. And I'm pretty sure Chuck Schumer, who has publicly said that he's in the Senate to represent Israel, not the citizens of New York. Uh, this is all very, very bad. Um, the third thing I would say is that people need to understand that if they look at all of the things that have gone wrong with Zionism in the United States, and this FISA memo is a twin sword. It's, it's Zionism run amok, and it's the Democratic Party run amok, and it's the shadow government run amok. The deep state is above the shadow government. All of this is leading me to believe that, number one, Donald Trump is going to turn on Benjamin Netanyahu, who is richly deserving of being incarcerated for war crimes and crimes against the people of Israel. And two, uh, Donald Trump is now starting to figure out that Zionism is at strike seven, eight, or nine, and it is not going to survive the next few years. It is no longer going to occupy the American economy, the American government, and American society. And I want to thank the Zionist Consul General of New York and the Zionist RAG Newsweek, which published his op-ed in which he said, anti-Zionism is another form of anti-Semitism. Wrong. Zionism bad, Jews good. We're starting to have an impact. Excellent. That's all fabulous news. Yes, of course. Zionism is a political movement. Uh, being anti-Semitic, strictly speaking, means discounting the value or worth of an individual's opinions on the basis of their ethnic origin or religious orientation. Criticizing the government of Israel is not anti-Semitic, uh, and most certainly talking about the nefarious role of Israel. For example, uh, Robert, in attacking the USS Liberty in 1967, where Lyndon Johnson was complicit, or attacking the United States on 9-11. I was fascinated when uh, Donald talked about cutting off foreign aid to those who are not friends of America, because that raises the most serious and profound issues about our relationship with Israel, which is most certainly no friend of America, but uses us as a disposable asset to benefit their own interests. Well, Benjamin Netanyahu is, is on record with Veterans Today and Gordon Duff as having said that America is a shiksa and, we can, and the Israelis can screw America as much as they want all of the time. Uh, this is now starting to emerge. And one of the reasons why I've pushed the president hard, and I have four different people that talk to him weekly that keep telling him to stop believing the lies from the people that are around him who are absolutely terrified of my ever seeing President Donald Trump for three minutes. Because if he hears me out for three minutes and creates the open source agency and the Election Reform Act and the grand strategy conversation with America, we will bury the deep state and we will bury Zionism and we will do that within the year. I think that's all sensational. Uh, it has seemed to me that regaining control of our government involved at least the following steps to which you, you are offering compliment that's very powerful. Uh, one, getting rid of electronic voting machines, which have been used to steal election after election after election. Number two, 
removing gerrymandered districts so that representatives remain in office no matter whether their constituents desire that or not. Number three, getting private money out of federal elections, all of which it seems to me have to be publicly financed. And fourth, seemingly initially most counterintuitive, restoring the draft. Once Nixon abolished the draft to stem down the anti-war movement, families became disconnected from decisions of war and peace. With a volunteer army, you can let someone else do it, knowing your sons or daughters aren't at risk. It seems to me to get the American people plugged back into the political process, we have to restore the draft. Uh, Jim, I love I love all of that. Let me take that at two levels. Number one, I absolutely agree not only on restoring the draft, but every immigrant granted citizenship should serve in the military or in homeland defense or in the Peace Corps. I have this vision for a unified boot camp where everybody goes together and then they have options between the Peace Corps, first responders, and armed services. We need to create our country again. However, you've only mentioned three of the 12 things that need to be changed in order to have holistic election reform. The first is universal registration. The second is free and equal ballot access. You've talked about gerrymandering. You've talked about free and equal public funding. We have to have free and equal media access, no social media censorship. Twitter is on record as saying that it repressed 50% of the anti-Clinton tweets and 25% of the anti-John Podesta pedophile tweets in the weeks leading up to the election. Today, of course, Twitter, Google, and YouTube are repressing everybody right of center. We have to have inclusive debates, and we have to have presidents that announce a coalition cabinet and a balanced budget in advance of Election Day so that people know what they're getting in the way of a team. Either we should have open primaries or the taxpayer should not pay for primaries. I personally think all parties are toxic. We need to move beyond parties. Election Day needs to be a holiday with free public transport. You have mentioned paper ballots, which is extremely important. I would complement that with exit polls. We have to end winner-take-all voting. Instant runoff is the way to go so that everyone votes for their first, second, and third choice. And then you have a publicly counted paper ballot uh, apportionment. Uh, and that ends up creating a majority winner satisfactory to a majority of the citizens rather than the bullet vote for a fractional 20% light. I mean, Donald Trump was elected by 27% of our voters, Barack Obama by 26%. And finally, legislative integrity and economic and financial democracy. All legislation must be published in advance so people can instruct their legislators. There must be no secret clauses. We have to end all opposition to unionization, such as Taft-Hartley 14B. We have to nationalize the central banks. And I want to offer a presidential pardon to every member of Congress, provided they give up their blackmailers, not only their Mossad blackmailers, but their CIA, FBI, and NSA blackmailers. Well, that's all sensational. I'm impressed we have given this so much thought and in such detail. Cynthia McKinney, a couple of years ago, revealed that when new members of Congress arrive in Washington, D.C., they're asked to sign a pledge to put the interests of Israel ahead of those of the United States. And those who decline find themselves confronted with a well-financed alternative candidate or even that their district has been redrawn and they no longer have a seat. Cynthia was able to transcend those obstacles to serve eight terms in Congress 
but others such as Dennis Kucinich, whom I regarded as the smartest member in Washington, D.C., did not. I have been asked recently, did I know how many members of the present Congress had refused to sign the pledge? And when I hesitated, I was shown a single finger, only one. Uh, Robert, that's appalling. That's completely appalling. We ought to redesignate ourselves the United States of Israel. Well, let me, let me say two things, Jim. First off, I have enormous regard for Cynthia McKinney. And if she chooses to run in the future for senator of Georgia or president of the United States or whatever, she certainly has my confidence in my vote. She is not a communist. She is not a socialist. She's one of the most elegant black women in America. She is a national figure, and her integrity is absolutely beyond challenge. Um, second, I understand the APAC pledge no longer is signed in the United States. There was too much pushback. Uh, however, if people go to 58iota.net and look up APAC pledge, they will find the British version, which is still signed and very similar to the American version. I also want people to know I've written an article, Zionism in America, Seven Strikes and Counting. And that is at tinyurl.com forward slash Zionism dash the number seven dash strikes, or just look up the title. More recent Zionist atrocities against the United States of America, including Senate 720, which makes it a felony to criticize Israel or call for a boycott of Israel. Uh, Every member of Congress in the House and the Senate who has co-sponsored that act, making it a felony to criticize Israel, never mind the First Amendment, should be thrown out of office. We also have 23 states that will not give you disaster relief or a contract with the state unless you sign a loyalty pledge to Israel in the form of a document that says you have never and will never boycott Israel. We just had a school teacher in Kansas fired because she was boycotting Israeli products on her own time with her own money. The Zionist influence in the United States of America now is toxic to the point of being an act of constant war against the American culture, the American people, the American economy, and the American government. Let me just make a point in passing. With Robert Maxwell, the greatest Israeli spy in the United States in the 1980s, the Zionists succeeded in penetrating all U.S. communications and computing systems, including NSA and law enforcement systems. A major part of Zionist or Ashkenazi Jew economic success in the United States of America is based on their having insider information based on economic industrial espionage through computers and communications across the United States of America. At this, they excel. Um, So I think it's very important for people to understand that the United States of America is being occupied today by a foreign power. Uh, And it's absolutely vital that as we go into 2018, we start electing independent and small party members of Congress who can create a swing vote that will take down the two-party tyranny that has sold us out to Zionist Israel. Those are profound observations. I was very disturbed with Trump's declaration of Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. Even on international television, I condemned him for it. It seems to me a, a total betrayal of the peace process, a total abdication of the U.S. role as an objective broker in matters international. It seems to me it's brought a mountain of contempt upon the United States and is the single greatest foreign policy blunder he's made to this point 
in his presidency. What motivated that, Robert? Is there any way to salvage the situation? Well, let me let me say two things. Number one, I, I'm not giving up on Donald Trump yet. Uh, I think he's playing a very deep game. I think that he he may do like Putin. He's got his past with Roy Khan and the Jewish uh, Russian mafia and the money laundering. And, and there are things in his past that are troubling. But like Putin, Trump is capable of turning around and cutting the hand off the evildoers that helped him get to where he is. The way in which he managed Jerusalem could be construed as brilliant. It actually put the world against Zionist Israel. And one of the people who would be my ambassador to Israel if I were ever president, uh, Henry Seidman, uh, has just published a brilliant, brilliant article. Um, and, and we've got it coming out of phibateiota.net. He talks about how it's illegal for Jerusalem to be the capital of Israel because it's not within the territorial mandates that were ever set out, whether by the Balfour Declaration or the UN apportionment or anywhere else. Jerusalem is not within Israeli territory, at least East Jerusalem. And then you have other issues with the rest of Jerusalem. I think Jerusalem should be an international city. I think we need to push Israel back to its original boundaries and perhaps even down to a reduced size centered around Tel Aviv. Gaza and Jericho need to be, um, need to be uh, connected. There's an excellent book by Professor Gary Fields uh, out of the University of California at San Diego that documents the history of Palestine. As, as Gandhi said, Palestine is to the Palestinians as France is to the French. Israel, the Zionists based in Zurich, orchestrated the theft of Israel from Palestine. And it's time we get a, a grip on history. All of this stuff about King Solomon temples, that's all fabricated history. Look at uh, Shlomo Sand's excellent book on the creation of uh, Israel, the creation of the Jewish religion. What we have here is the world's most efficient propaganda machine that has managed to lie to everybody and bribe all of the major principles. The Balfour Declaration was a crime against humanity, and it was a direct deal between the Zionist deep state and the British deep state. That's so important, Robert, and so few Americans have even the remotest grasp of the history you're describing here. Uh, how can we better inform the American public? I mean, you know, the, the naivete, the addiction to television, which has become the greatest instrument of propaganda and disinformation in world history, it, it, it often leads to despair over the potential for ever adequately informing the public in the United States of any serious issue. Well, let me, let me tell you what my plan is, and, and I'd rather do it in support of Donald Trump because he's our legitimately elected president. Um, I have published an article, which everyone can find at tinyurl.com forward slash Trump triumph, with no hyphen, Trump triumph. I have for 40 years as a former spy fought the CIA and the CIA has fought me because I understood in the 1980s that open source information was 96% of what we needed to know. Open source intelligence can answer 96%
of what the president, the cabinet, the public Congress, and everybody else needs in the way of making evidence-based decisions. CIA was created by Wall Street to serve as a lily pad for hijacking the U.S. government and stealing from the U.S. Treasury and smuggling guns, gold, guns, uh, guns, gold, drugs, cash, and small children under the guise of national security using military assets all over the world. Among the reasons I think we need to close all thousand of our military bases around the world is because they're used to smuggle children. I am a commissioner on the Judicial Commission of Inquiry into Human Trafficking and Child Sex Abuse. And CIA and Dynacor are right up there at the very top of people who are smuggling children into the United States of America. That has to stop. Um, so my solution for Trump is to create a Trump studio and do fireside chats, not only of the president speaking to the public, but of assistant secretaries, cops on the beat, military commanders, first responders, um, economic uh, professors, and so forth. We have become a fat, stupid nation. We have to re-educate America, and as best I can tell, the only way to re-educate America in the next few years is with seven-minute videotapes on everything. And then we need to create the post-Google Internet which allows 200 million Americans to be engaged with the president. And Bill Binney and I had lunch the other day, and we've agreed that Thin Thread, which NSA refused because it wasn't an expensive enough solution and it actually worked, Thin Thread, which Bill Binney invented, and the Open Source Agency, which I invented, are going to come together. And our intent is to create a national smart nation in which every citizen has access to truthful information the president has access to every citizen, and every citizen has access to the president. If you want that, please, Twitter, at RealDonaldTrump, at POTUS, give Steele three minutes, hashtag, uh, or not, well, hashtag Trump Triumph also works, but HTPT, tinyurl.no forward slash Trump Triumph. The president has gotten over 5,000 of these messages in the last three weeks. If we can give him another 5,000 in the next week, maybe he will he will come to the table. This is all fascinating because essentially it turns a, a mechanism of oppression, television, the internet, and so, so forth, to, into an instrument of illumination and enlightenment and responsible government. That's, that's fabulous. You mentioned small children. We have reports of as many as 10,000 unsealed indictments. Is there any prospect that this is actually a part of a real drain of the swamp, that there are actually sweeps taking down pedophile rings across the United States? Is it possible this could be happening and we simply not know it yet? The short answer is yes. Number one, the president made it clear that he and Jeff Sessions were going after the pedophiles from day one. Um, all indications are that many of these indictments, not all of them, have something to do with the pedophilia that is in every single state. The Franklin scandal in Nebraska is simply one instance of this. The Spotlight movie in Boston of the Catholic Church is another instance. I have said as a commissioner that every single U.S. governor is complicit in covering up not just pedophilia, but the murder and harvesting of blood and body parts and bone marrow from children. Our going-in estimate as a commission is that 8 million children a year 
are being put into the pedophilia satanic well, blood ritual system, and their average life expectancy is two years. So 8 million kids a year are being kidnapped and put into servitude and slavery and torture and murder, and 8 million kids a year, roughly, are being killed, with many of them being incinerated in New Jersey incinerators, uh, where I'm sure Governor Chris Christie really understood what was happening. Um, and Governor Cuomo in New York City. These people are not stupid. They know that Child Protective Services is part of the pedophilia network. It's taking kids away from parents with minor warts and selling them to pedophiles. The reason adoptions are anonymous is to cut the link so that the child can then be abused and murdered and people lose sight of the fact that this child was taken away from perfectly good parents. So my bottom line, oh, and by the way, Bill Binney and I did a memo to Jeff Sessions on the 26th of May in which we pointed out that NSA was not doing its job in supporting the Department of Justice and the FBI. And we pointed out how you could get into the 99% of the NSA database and pull up every name, every email, every telephone call, every date, every place, every cash amount. I personally believe that President Trump and his special little task force to harvest NSA data has every name of every major American trader, every major American elite pedophile, and every major American white-collar criminal, including all of the leaders of Goldman Sachs, who have been manipulating interest rates and currency exchange rates in order to steal from the American people. So he's got it all. How he uses it, that's up to him. Oh, and by the way, I think he's told Putin and Xi what he has. And the Saudi Arabian arrests, were part of the NSA feed to Saudi Arabia. I anticipate similar feeds to China, Japan, Russia, and other places that are interested in cleaning house. Robert, I'm astonished by the breadth and depth of your knowledge and intellect. You have a vision that I think every American would like to see become the reality in America. If you have a parting thought, I can't thank you enough for sharing this time with me today. It's just fantastic. Well, thank you. Donations are welcome at paypal.me forward slash earth intel. I'm starting to get some opportunities to talk to some very senior, serious people around the world, but they can't easily pay for my travel. So I would like to have a travel fund. Earth, uh, paypal.me forward slash earth intel. Thank you. And I take no salary. This is uh, Jim Fetzer thanking my brilliant guest, Robert David Steele, for being here. I encourage you to support him if you have the opportunity. Don't overlook a word he has had to say today. Thank you all for watching. Did you know that Sandy Hook was a staged event where no children died? That the school had been closed since 2008 and there were no children there? Thirteen experts, including six Ph.D., current or retired college professors, proved that it was a two-day FEMA drill presented to the public as a real event. We even have the manual. There was a rehearsal on the 13th going live on the 14th. Some participants became confused and put up donation sites the day before. Even the shooter was recorded as dying before the event. You have been played by Eric Holder and Barack Obama. Now Hillary wants to extend the deception by posing as a champion of Sandy Hook to confiscate your guns. Don't let yourself be played. Nobody died at Sandy Hook. If you want to get a grip 
on just what fake news is, then I'd suggest you get the book, Nobody Died in Boston, at PatriotRadioBooks.com. That's PatriotRadioBooks.com.